I mean, we actually dug and dug and dug, and we found a, a, an agreement from 1976 that was still in auto-renew term. This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals, and today our guest is Kevin Gardner from Multifamily Utility Solutions. Today, you are going to learn about an awesome revenue stream that you're probably not tapping into as a multifamily investor. We're going to get deeper into the details of how you can turn your residence internet, cable, and telephone service into another revenue stream for your property. You can simplify the utility process and all of that for your for your tenants. I mean, anybody out there that, that pays a cable bill knows how big of a pain in the neck it is to deal with the internet company. So you can really simplify that process for them and bring in a nice revenue stream for your business. Kevin's also going to tell us about a case study, an example where one of his clients used some of that income to improve the property for their tenants. So just something for you to listen for and look out for in your own properties. If you're not a multifamily investor yet, just listen in and you're going to get a bunch of great ideas from this discussion with Kevin Gardner from Multifamily Utility Solutions. If you want to reach out to him, say hi at Kevin at MultifamilyUtilitySolutions.com. But for now, Here's the interview with Kevin from Multifamily Utility Solutions. Kevin, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Taylor, thanks for the invite. I'm glad to be here. Happy to be talking with you. Uh, we talked a, a couple of years ago about your service and, and I'm happy to reconnect about, uh, about what you do at Multifamily Utility Solutions. Can you give us a kind of a high level overview of your business and what you offer to multifamily investors? Sure, Taylor. We, we specialize in all utilities, either through um, partnerships with other companies or through our own efforts. Um, but first and foremost, we deal with cable and internet access right agreements for property owners. There's a significant uh, incremental revenue stream here that, that many owners just aren't aware of or don't take advantage of. So that's, where, that's our wheelhouse. All right, great. And you know, everybody's talking about or when you get into the multifamily investing world, everybody talks about rubs. You know, look and see if you can implement rubs to to bring in some kind of additional revenue, increase your NOI and increase the value of your building. Is this a rub situation? Are we in the same territory as rubs and we were talking about maybe splitting a water bill across a property? Or is this a, a distinct type of um, revenue stream? Yeah, this is, this is di very different than rubs. Um, so there are, with cable companies, there's two different ways that your residents can get service. One is what's called bulk billing, which means that you as the owner are paying for and taking on the obligation for cable and internet service. The cable company sending you one bill for all your units um, and that is, is one option. You can then try and make back your, your um, investment either through higher rents or amenity fees or, or things like that. And this has become popular. Um, the cable companies really like it because then they're not running trucks out, uh, you know, to the, to the property. It's, it's cheaper for them to administer. They're sending one bill. Chances are pretty good that you're going to pay that bill. Whereas if they're sending out 
individual bills to their residents, they've, you know, they're taking on that liability as well. So, so they're very bullish on it. And in some cases, I, you know, I believe that it's a, it's a great solution for incremental revenue. The other thing we do though, is we negotiate right of access agreements, which simply means that the cable company, you're giving them access to be on your property to serve your residents through individually build, build accounts. But because you are, you're, you're kind of the gatekeeper in this situation. So the cable company through their franchise with the municipality, they have the right to be in the public easements. They um, serve the customer through the service agreement, but you own the land that they need to be on to serve your resident. And that has value. And we try and represent the owner and make sure that they get uh, the appropriate value for, for granting that access to the uh, cable company. You know, there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things in there. And I wonder about this right of access. I mean, how do you make it known, for example, that maybe you put out an agreement or you have an agreement with Comcast? How do you make it known to Verizon or vice versa that we have this agreement with Comcast and Verizon, you're not, you're not allowed on the property uh, to, you know, drill holes in our walls and all that lovely stuff those guys like to do. Yeah, well, if, if there is no agreement in place with Verizon, then, then they can't be there. Um, you know, wireless is different. Um, so wireless, they're not using your property. They're using the public airways. So there's nothing mm. you can really do about that. But um, as far as wiring, where they have to actually place wires on your property, you, you, you're the gatekeeper there. You, you, if you don't want Verizon there, you don't have to let them on the, on the property. Um, but you could have both. You could have both. I mean, that's why we add value is because we know all the different scenarios that you, know, you can have. You can have bulk agreements. You can have right of entry agreements. You can, you know, you can grant exclusive marketing rights. You can grant exclusive wire, use of wiring rights. Um, you know, there's, there's just so many different, you know, variables that, you know, we try and find out as much as we can from our clients at first about what their business goals are. And then we help them craft the agreement in such a manner that it meets their business goals, but it also gives the cable company what they're looking for, which is incremental revenue and the ability to access uh, the, the residents, you know, on the property. Okay. So it sounds like there are a lot of uh, creative solutions here, creative options. And we're not just necessarily, we're not signing necessarily an exclusivity agreement with one particular uh, ISP or whatever service provider you're talking about. There are a lot of options out there. And, you know, I, before we kind of get into some of the more detailed options, could you quantify for us, like, how big of an impact can this have on our bottom line, on our NOI, you know, however you can put numbers on it, you know, how, how big of a deal is this in terms of, you know, dollar figures? Well, you know, it, it varies on a lot of things and, and I don't want to not answer your question here, but right. you know, it's just kind of like assessing the value of a, uh, of a property in, in Roanoke versus a value of a property in Cleveland, you know, what's, you know, they might both be 50 units, but you know, you may be willing to pay more for the one in Roanoke than the one in Cleveland. I don't know, you know, I mean, so we, we have to assess a lot of different things. And so for that reason, it's difficult to give you any specific answer. But 
um, you can get what's called a door fee or a signing bonus, which is a one-time fee paid up front, um, you know, in, 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 in exchange for signing the agreement. Or you can get what's called revenue share, which is an ongoing payment based on the revenue that the company is making from your property. Or what's become more, even more popular is a hybrid where you get a little bit of both. So, it, and that's where it kind of comes down to what's the owner, what, you know, what's the owner looking for? Um, you know, I had an owner uh, several years ago that was just getting into the business. They knew that they were buying a property where the rent was under market. They wanted to raise the rent, you know, um, immediately, but they also knew that they would be a, a backlash if they just did that without showing, you know, a tangible, you know, that they're putting money into it. So we actually took the door money that we got from the cable contract and the owner invested in upgrading their pool area. They put in a new pool deck and things like that. And this, you know, this was in a place that pool decks were important, not, you know, in, in, in an area, you know, it wasn't in Alaska or anything like that, but it, you know, it was down South and, and, you know, it was something that was going to be used more often. So, you know, they did that and they didn't have to come out of pocket anymore after having bought the property to be able to do that. So, but that was a goal of theirs. And that's one of the things that we, we like to find out early on is, is what are your goals? How can we help you? You know, we're always looking for win-win situations. And in that case, it, it, it truly was. The, the cable company got the deal that they wanted. The, the property owner got the compensation they wanted. And the, you know, the, the debatable whether or not the residents got uh, what they wanted, but uh, because it came with <laughs> higher rent, but at least they got something that was, was tangible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's, that example helps us kind of bracket the, or maybe put um, a, a, a rough, a rough figure on the, the scale of this opportunity in terms of the dollar figure. And, you know, we're just trying to get a rough idea of how big of a deal can this be for us? Are we talking about, okay, I could do this, but I'm going to put, you know, $20 in my pocket and $20 in each of my investors pockets. And that's fine, but there are higher priorities. Or is this uh, one of those things that should be a higher priority for us to get done because there's so much opportunity. It's a, you know, bigger scale opportunity. Yeah. Um, well, we do a lot of the heavy lifting. We don't, we don't, you know, and we, we make it as turnkey as possible for you. Um, so there's not a lot of work needed on the owners. Um, you know, uh, it's not a big burden of time for them. Um, you know, so, so that, that's one of the things, you know, it, you're going to get a higher door fee if you're negotiating for a, a property where you've got 200 units and 180 of them have cable service already. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to if you're, you know, in a D property where you've got 20 people that have you know, are subscribing to cable service. Um, so there, that's why there's, there's such a range and it really depends on the, you know, the door fee depends on the, the kind of the class of property, the size of the property, how many customers are in there. The revenue share is typically a sliding scale. It's usually paid out quarterly and that's going to be impacted by, you know, how well you help them get more customers. Um, so by, by, you know, using that same example, you're going to get more revenue share from the A class property, but sometimes quite frankly, B class properties 
are kind of the sweet spot for, for revenue share. These are people that maybe don't have as much money to go out and maybe have sporting events or, or you know, you know, tickets to the theater or, or, or whatever else. So they're not home as much, um, you know, or they're home more the B than, than the A might be, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But they're, uh, I'm curious, you know, I guess the, you know, the A, as they get higher, the, they have, like you said, they have generally more money for the cable packages and they, you know, they're probably getting HBO and Showtime and all these other things where the cable company is raking money in. So they're, the cable company's more than happy to help split some of the profits with the, with you. But it sounds like some of the best opportunity is actually more in the, like the B, uh, B plus area, maybe yeah. where they're. A's and B's, growth. A's and B's are good. A's and B's are good. But it, again, it's, it's all about ROI. The cable company isn't going to give you more than it's worth to them, right? So they're trying to protect their revenue. They're trying to protect their market share by doing these agreements with you. They're trying to grow their market share by giving you revenue share. So when, you know, if, if you're under a revenue share agreement and somebody new comes in, I got to believe that the leasing agent is going to be a little bit more focused on telling them about Comcast or Spectrum or whoever the agreement is with than if you don't have a revenue share program in place already. Hmm. I'm pretty sure the property owner is going to tell them, hey, we need to focus on helping Spectrum grow their business because we get a commission when we do that. Whereas if they didn't get any commission for doing that, it doesn't matter if they tell them about it or not because they've got a ton of other things that they're telling them about at the, you know, at the time of moving. It's all about getting those incentives aligned. Now, you know, in, in terms of um, backing up in our acquisition process and, and trying to understand our incentive to, to do this and also how do we quantify it? Is this something, you know, how can we incorporate this into what I'm getting at is how can we incorporate this into our underwriting is it wise to do so can we make a projection a pro forma projection reasonably about how much revenue opportunity there might be or is this like an icing on the cake scenario uh, what's your experience there uh, my experience is it's typically an icing on the cake um, it's not factored in because there are so many unknowns um, but it certainly can be done immediately the other thing i'll tell you is that um, even though you're doing due diligence, you'd be surprised at how many times the, when you ask about cable contracts, the owner might say, oh, we don't have one. And, and that's fine. I mean, it's not uncommon to not have an existing cable contract and yet still have a cable provider in, you know, on your property. Um, that's not uncommon at all. By the time, you know, cable started many years ago. How many owners has that property had? How many different cable companies have, you know, uh, have acquired the other cable company that used to provide service there? I mean, I, we actually dug and dug and dug and we found a, a, an agreement from 1976 that was still in auto renew terms. Wow. Um, annual auto renew with, with no expiration. You know, <laughs> so we were kind of like, it, it didn't even talk about internet. All it talked about was cable. So, you know, we did that through our due diligence of, of trying to, you know, dig into it. So even if you're told there isn't a cable contract, um, it never hurts to call us and say, can you check this for me? We are happy to do that. 
um, you know, because uh, we know the people that are at the cable companies and, and you know, we, we want to find out if we want to find out for you, is there an opportunity for us to work together in a uh, mutually beneficial situation where we both can make money? So uh, you're getting into the process of using multifamily utility solutions as a service. What does that look like uh, for, for us uh, you know, as property owners in terms of uh, engaging you guys? When's the best time to? You already alluded to that, but um, you know, what's a step-by-step? I mean, you handle a lot of things yourself, but what do you need to know from us? How long does it take to get one of these agreements in place? You know, yeah. how, when can I see a check rolling in on this? <laughs> All right. So I'll take you through, I'll, I'll take you through an average one, just an average process. Right. So, you know, we, we have an introductory call. I find out more about your properties. I share with you a, a little bit more about our service. And, and what the, usually happens on that call is, you know, we, we tell you that, look, the first thing you need to do is send us a list of your properties. Um, just the name, any former name, if the names changed in the last three years, the primary address, the number of units or lots, because we mobile home parks are, are uh, you know, this is, is um, applicable to them as well, mm-hmm. um, and the legal entity. We will investigate and see if there's an opportunity. If we are able to find that there is no contract, then we will come to you and say, look, there is no contract. We are going to, at the point now where we are going to ask for a proposal from the cable operator. That's typically when we do an agreement with you, because if there's no opportunity, there's no point in us doing an agreement. If all we're going to do is find out, hey, there's no opportunity here, um, you know, for us to do anything. Um, if, if there is, then we send. I got a brief agreement. It's two pages long. If you want to change it, make it longer. You're more than welcome to. No big deal. It's pretty normal. You know, and it's not necessary to, to do anything more than that in my mind. And it basically says you're giving me the right to represent you, but not the right to commit on your behalf to anything. We never have the authority to sign anything on your behalf. The agreement will be between the property owner and the um, cable company. Um, And if we are able to get money for you, then we get a commission. We present the proposal. If you walk away from the proposal and say it's not good enough and, and we say that's the best we can do, that's fine too. We, we hmm. part ways and hopefully have the opportunity to do business in a future time. Wow. Well, hopefully it's good enough to go for. I'm curious about, and you don't need to tell us all your inside secrets, but I'm curious to know, um, how do you do that contract search to find out whether or not there is a contract on the property with, you know, some <laughs> random uh, uh, ISP out there? Oh, uh, well, we, we asked the cable companies. Um, you know, we, we get a letter of authorization from you that says you, you're, you're, we're asking on your behalf and we just know the shortcuts because we know who to talk to in each of these markets. Whereas if you're starting it on your own, cause people ask us, why would we have you do it? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we know, we know the process we've, we've represented, um, you know, thousands of units. Um, I personally, uh, signed contracts for a cable operator, um, probably representing over hundreds of thousands of units. Um, so we know the process. We know who to talk to. We know what to ask for, and we know what's reasonable and what's not. We do all the heavy lifting, and in exchange for that, if if we're able to get you what you consider an acceptable uh, proposal and agreement, then we get paid. Nice. So your the the answer to that, you know, being 
why shouldn't I just do this myself is you've got all the experience, you've got all the contacts and you're better at this than we would be just kind of fumbling, <laughs> fumbling through the whole process, trying to figure yeah, it out. It's on our kind own. Of the, yeah. It's kind of the same reason that, you know, why shouldn't you work on your own car? I know I, I couldn't work on my own <laughs> car. I take it to somebody that knows that, you know, how to work on their car. Could I? Yeah, it'd probably take longer and it would take a lot of my time and I probably would not, you know, benefit me in the long run. I'd probably cause more problems uh, than, than uh, you know, I would, uh, I would solve. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, I've made mistakes in car repair myself before and it would have just been easier to, <laughs> to do it the easy way in the first place and have somebody else do it. So yep. cars, um, yeah, cars, electricity, health and, um, and plumbing are things I don't mess with. <laughs> Wow, that's those are all good things to to look out for. So uh, and to get the the professionals for now, are there any other utilities that we might be not thinking about? I mean, cable, internet, I guess, phone. Are there any? Is there anything else in here that I'm not thinking of? I mean, satellite, maybe. Well, phone phone's part of of the other um, satellite. Um, you know, they're they're not using your property. You know, they're using the airways, so there's really not as much opportunity there. Um, you mentioned rubs, and we strongly encourage you to use a rub system for for any water. Um, uh, electric and gas. There are certain states where electric and gas is deregulated. And we have a broker that works for us, um, but that's more limited. See, we can do cable and internet um, and phone, any of the 50 states, um, you know, um, and, and that applies to all properties uh, over 20 units. I mean, anything less than 20 units, not as, as much of an opportunity. But electric and gas really comes down to, are you in a state that has deregulation on one of those services or both of those services and what's your usage? So, you know, in a situation where you've got, you know, a hundred units and the laundry facilities are in each of the units and the individual resident pays for those services directly with the electric company and you have, you know, a small common area and an on-site office and, and that's about it probably not as much of an opportunity as there might be if you're in a 200 unit property where you've got large um, uh, laundry rooms, um, you know, you're heating um, common areas like, you know, maybe you've got, um, uh, you know, not exterior entrances to the, to the units, but interior ones where you've got hallways, you're heating and things like that. So it, it all comes down to, to usage. And in certain states, we do have the opportunity to um, at least um, broker, you know, have our broker look into the, the rates and see if there's an opportunity to save money there. I'll be honest with you and tell you that, you know, less than 10% of our revenue comes from that. Hmm. It's not as much of an opportunity as the, the cable side of things. And also, I've got a colleague that I refer people to um, related to, to trash removal. But again, that is an opportunity, but it's usually only an opportunity if you have a significant number of properties. You know, you kind of need to have at least six to 10 properties of significant size and, and um, for, for him to really take, be able to, you know, um, create some savings for you there. Hmm. Okay, so we talking about, you know, a thousand unit portfolio, 500, 100, what do you mean? Yeah, probably more closer to a thousand. Okay. Probably closer to a thousand. Yeah. Cool. 
Good to know. So, you know, and, and I'm willing to admit, I'm, you know, I, it was funny because I started talking, he sends me business, I send him business. He's the waste guy. He's the trash guy. He understands that piece of the business. I'm the cable guy. I understand that. Could I learn that side of it? Probably. But would it detract from my, you know, wheelhouse, which is, is cable? Yeah. So why not just, you know, refer people back and forth to this subject matter experts who are already subject matter experts. Yeah, absolutely. Stick to what you're good at, stick to what you know and get better at that. And, um, but the, I think the underlying lesson here as well is, you know, just, this is a, a very network heavy, uh, business that we're in being real estate. People know people, people talk. So you might as well, you know, ask for recommendations. Absolutely. In fact, we actually have a referral program as well, where if somebody refers business to us, we are willing to pay them a, a referral fee should that result in new business. Man, keeps getting better and better. You know, I, I just like win-win situations, right? I mean, it, 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 you need, I'm sure you've been in these situations where one person's getting over on the other person. It's, it's never a good situation and it's not sustainable in my opinion. Mm -hmm. right? My opinion is the more people you help, the more people you're going to have the opportunity to help the, you know, if you treat people fair, they're going to treat you fair. So we, we are always looking for win-win situations. Nice. I like that. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Kevin, we got three questions. We ask everyone at the end of the show, let's get into it. First one, what is the best investment that you ever made? I would have to say relationships. I have some extremely valuable relationships, some go-to people that when I'm stuck or I'm facing a challenge, um, they help me through it. And I try and do the same for them. Hmm. Yeah. And like, how do you think about it in terms of, um, you know, you, you don't want to waste your time or you don't want to, you don't want to make a bad investment in a relationship you know, uh, in a, in a certain way, you know, you don't want to go down, you know, a road that's not going to benefit anybody. I mean, how do you look at the, the relationship formation and building and maintenance process, you know, getting out there and, and making sure you're focusing on meeting the right people? I mean, how do you, how do you do that? Is it just talk to anybody and everybody maybe? Um, you know, it's funny. I used to do that. Um, mm. and I was, I was, I was more willing to kind of give everybody the, the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, there's a saying, fish where the fish are biting, right? So True. if I know people that I have a valuable relationship with and they know people that I don't and they value their relationship with those people, I try and meet those people because chances are that that's going to be a really solid person to get to know. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Keep building a network. On the other side of that, what is the worst investment that you've ever made? <laughs> I got to tell you, it's actually a tie. It, it, it's, it's a dead heat between oh my beer can collection and my baseball card collection that I, I <laughs> you know, I had when I was a kid. I thought, you know what, save these things. They're going to, you know, pay off later in life. And you know what? The, nothing, nothing. Yeah. I think that's an important lesson in, uh, <laughs> you know, the difference between inherent value and, you know, <laughs> speculative value, <laughs> I suppose. You know what the lear lesson I learned from that though was they would have been valuable if I would have been willing to part with them when the value was high. I hung on too long. Mm, yeah. You yeah. know, so I guess the message there is the, the lesson learned is know when to sell. 
Hey, you got to know when to fold them to keep it, to keep the card thing going. Exactly. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Uh, it is look for the learning because success leaves clues. And I think I, I kind of combined two different sayings there, but I like them joined because I do believe that if you, you know, and, and we were talking about this earlier, how much uh, reading has, has become a, a part of my life and just learning and looking at people who are successful and learning from them because, you know, there's lessons to be learned. Uh, and I do believe that success leaves clues. Nice. I love that mentality, that, 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 saying that phrase, whatever you want to call it. And just that thought process of looking around you to figure out who has been successful and then, you know, emulating them in, in a, a certain way and, and learning what made them successful. So that's awesome. This is a great opportunity. Uh, your service is a great opportunity for multifamily investors to bring in some more revenue. I like the, the case that you gave us with uh, the client of yours who you know, redid the, the deck on their pool. It's a great idea, great way to kind of give back to the tenants and then also, you know, keep them, keep them happy while you raise the rents and, you know, do execute the rest of your business plan. So Kevin, where can people get in touch with you if they're interested in, you know, having you take a look at their multifamily properties? Yeah, our, our website is multifamilyutilitysolutions.com and my email easy enough is Kevin at multifamilyutilitysolutions.com. Uh, my phone number's on there, other contact information's on there as well. So um, always, always happy to just discuss things and, and find out more. And hopefully we have an opportunity to do business. And, you know, if not now, maybe later. Great. Just everybody out there is going to know that they're stepping into a win-win situation. If anything's going to happen, it's going to be win-win. So I like that. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you for all the, the great lessons. Thank you, Taylor. Really enjoyed it. It's my pleasure. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's a very big help and helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone that could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into our little tribe we got going on here. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying the show. Have a great rest of your day and a great week, and we will talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.